All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league all right friends it's hoop ball promo time this is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league the following is a hoop ball presentation Football family, we're back in the building. Oh, and it feels so good, so good. Feeling good, feeling a lot better than the Miami Heat right now, unfortunately. But as always, it is your NBA box score breakdown coming at you with a reaction pod today from last night's NBA Finals game. Game one where we saw the Miami Heat absolutely get bounced right out of the building uh, pretty handedly by the Lakers who were absolutely in fuego. Uh, both from the three-point line and also on the heels of a big performance from both LeBron James and Anthony Davis across the board. Ladies and gentlemen, back in the booth with me, as always, my main man Brad. Brad, tell the people how you're living down in Atlanta now. Yes! Reporting live from beautiful, sunny Atlanta, Georgia. It's a pleasure to be back here on the Box Score Breakdown with you, David. I'm just really excited and uh 
more more excited like the Lakers are right now and not like the Heat, as you mentioned, uh, as a, it was a very rough game one for them. But uh, nonetheless, I'm just happy to talk hoops with you here. As always, man, I'm happy to have you on here talking, talking all the hoops. And there's plenty to talk about. Uh, conversation for the Lakers is a lot more positive than the outlook for the Miami Heat right now. So we can just go ahead and start with the latter. The Miami Heat, um, unfortunately, after what was a very impressive first quarter performance, were not able to carry that through the rest of the game. Um, somewhere during that first half, we had a pretty significant injury to Goran Dragic. Looks like he tore his plantar fascia in his foot. Uh, it remains to be seen if he will return for the duration of this series, although it is seeming less and less likely that will be the case. Um, later in the game, we also had an injury suffered by Bam Adebayo on a particularly uh, pretty vicious collision with Dwight Howard on uh, one of these drives to the hoop. And Dwight Howard has shoulders like none other, so I'm sure Bam's going to be feeling that for a minute. They're listing him as doubtful, uh, even though it's looking like he may actually be playing according to his firsthand um, reporting of his own injury. So a lot of questions for the Miami Heat right now. Jimmy Butler suffered a pretty significant ankle roll twice. Looks like he rolled both ankles during that game. Uh, was able to stay in the game, keep playing, but one does wonder what that looks like a day after, as we kind of know. That's when those injuries really tend to flare up. So the Miami Heat did what they could. Unfortunately, the injury bug bit them pretty hard in game one, and they were never really able to find a consistent offensive rhythm. Um Duncan Robinson had a big fat goose egg in 27 minutes. You hate to see that. As I said, Dragic only played 14 minutes, scored six points in those. Hero got 30 minutes. It was in garbage time when the game really got out of hand. Iguodala didn't contribute a whole lot. Um, your high scores for the Heat were Jimmy Butler with 23, Jay Crowder with 12, Tyler Hero with 14, and Kendrick Nunn with 18. And you know something's off when Kendrick Nunn is your second leading scorer in 19 minutes. So, Brad... I'm just going to open it up. Quick reactions from you about the Miami Heat as far as the injuries that they suffered and how it looked like they just, I mean, they really just got outplayed yesterday. So to speak on the injuries first, um, it's very unfortunate. You want to see everybody with their ducks in a row going to the NBA NBA finals because you don't want any uh, what-if scenarios, those asterisks next to uh, the NBA Finals Championship, which regardless, I am not going to put an asterisk next to this if either team wins, because with the bubble being isolated in Miami, I mean, sorry, in Orlando, away from your family, you had to, you know, really focus and grind and really bond with the people uh, closest to you. And both of these teams did that, which culminated in them playing great down the stretch leading up to this. And so you just hate to see the injury to Dragic, to Bam Adebayo, the Jimmy Butler, because um, you don't want to have any excuses. But besides that, besides the injuries, I know one of the big things looking into the going into the series that I was really interested to see was which style of play was going to assert their dominance. Was it going to be the small ball play for the Heat, or was it going to be the big dominant front court of the Lakers? In Game One, obviously the Heat dictated the pace, getting them up to that twenty-three to ten uh, lead early on, and then after that. The Lakers just took the reins and never let it go until the fourth quarter where they let off the gas after obviously getting the lead up to 30 points. Um, LeBron and AD seemingly could get whatever they wanted. Yesterday, the Heat tried to switch everything, and it just did not work out because obviously LeBron was just 
taking what the defense was giving them. If they were going to switch and say, okay, you're going to switch, I'm going to switch to the most favorable matchup. So he was looking to get Tyler Hero on him. He was looking to get Duncan Robinson on him, which would give him an easy lane to the basket, which either got him to the free throw line or easy finish. So seemingly they could get whatever they wanted. Uh, Miami tried to do the zone and they were rotating too late, letting people get open three point shots and the cast outside of the big duo in L.A. were hitting their shots. Uh, I know at one point they shot 11 for 18 from the three point line and I was going into halftime, which was very arbitrary. That's not the Lakers M.O. They like to get to the paint. They like to dominate the paint and drive to the hoop. Uh, push the pace at times, especially in transition and cause turnovers. That's what they like to do. They caused a lot of turnovers yesterday. I thought the Miami Heat were trying to force a lot. Um, and I know we we talked about it offline with Tyler Hero being minus 30, was plus minus. I spoke to Andre Iguodala, who I thought was going to be more of a steady hand with his NBA uh, finals experience in Golden State and whatnot and winning those rings. Uh I thought that he was really going to be a calming presence for that second unit for Miami. And he looked good first quarter, but then forced too many stuff, caused turnovers and just looked lost at times. As as much as basically like the rest of the Heat team, they just look lost a lot of times out there. So it was just it was a lot. But we already know Coach Spolstra is one of the great coaches as far as game to game adjustments. I expect game two to be much tighter, even with, you know, not all the ducks in a row as far as. There, who is available for the Heat next game? I still think the Lakers win the game. If Beth, definitely Drog is not playing, if Bam ends up not playing, the Lakers will still take game two. But I think down the stretch, especially in the fourth quarter, Kendrick Nunn looking very charged, very motivated. I'm glad he is because he's going to get all the minutes he wants now with Drogage out. And hopefully, Spo can find some things that worked in that fourth quarter. Look, look at the film. Look on the defensive end, see what they can improve going into game two. But it is very, it's going to be tough sledding going forward still. Yeah, the Miami Heat definitely have an uphill battle from here. Um, you know, you never want to find yourself down big in a series against LeBron James. Not that the Heat are down big, but they could potentially be down some big players. And, uh, you know, not to sound, not to sound, you know, like one of those cliches, but they say that the best the best ability is availability. And unfortunately, if Bam Adebayo is not going to be available for a game two or potentially the remainder of this series, I see that really being too, too big of an obstacle for the Heat to overcome. He has been their best player in the bubble. He was their best player in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, he led them across all categories. So the loss of him is... I mean, it is completely his his production and what he brings to the table for the Heat is irreplaceable. It's irreplaceable. And and Dragic being out of the lineup as well. I mean, they were absolutely able to decimate the Boston Celtics with that Dragic bam out of bio pick and roll. You saw that time and time again. And to your point, Brad, you know, Tyler Hero, uh, he both he and Andre Iguodala had some very shaky hands in the plays where you saw multiple miscues, you saw multiple turnovers uh, at what at the time seemed to be not as important stretches. But when you look at it over the long run of the game, I mean, those moments were where they were within, you know, five points, three points, seven points. And what quickly ballooned to what we saw was a, a 30 point lead at points of the game. So those little things are, are, are really, really going to be important. 
um, for, for the Miami Heat to kind of iron out going forward if they want to turn this series around. And yeah, like you said, Spalestra is an incredibly intuitive coach. He's very innovative. I think the things that he has been able to kind of add to their offensive and defensive schemes as far as um, unpredictable wrinkles and little adjustments, uh, I definitely think he is well suited to do that. And hopefully the Miami Heat will be able to kind of pivot out of this out of this game one loss. But like I said, I mean, I was very confused as to why they continually were going to the double team with LeBron when LeBron wasn't even necessarily in the position offensively to really hurt them. Um, because, you know, it's well documented that LeBron James is an incredible passer and playmaker. And there's a reason why teams learn not to blitz Tom Brady on every down, you know, because this guy is so good with what he does. He will find the open man. He will find the right play and he will make you pay. And I feel that LeBron was able to do that successfully last night. And like you said, Brad, LeBron is incredibly cerebral and he is hunting out the plays that he wants. He's hunting out the matchups that he wants and he's exploiting them. So the Miami Heat definitely are probably going to come out with a more man centric defense, I would assume in game two. Uh, but I do wonder what they're going to do to really try to keep LeBron out of the game because I think that while they may have some options to slow LeBron down, as I've said in the past, they do not have one singular answer for Anthony Davis. I think Bam Adebayo is probably going to get a lot more run guarding Anthony Davis defensively in this game to match up should he be available. But again, that lends itself to a lot of potential with uh, Bam getting in early foul trouble uh, as we saw in game one. So. Lots of, lots of lines and narratives to kind of be paying attention for, but the Miami Heat really had some adjustments to make. Yeah, a lot of adjustments to make. I'm really interested just to see, like you said, the, the adjustments that Spo does make, what energy, because like I said, Kendrick Nunn has not been playing a lot of minutes uh, this postseason, and Kelly Olenek as well, and they both had to, be thrown in there because of injuries. So it's going to be really interesting to see who they put, uh, who do they have Kelly Olenek guard? How effective is he going to be? We know that his prowess is not necessarily offense. I mean, not defense. Uh, he's more of an offensive of five stretch five who can shoot the three. So can he be effective there? Can he give him another element? Uh, we will, it's yet to be seen. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, like you said, was the second leading scorer yesterday. I think he was very motivated from the lack of playing time he has gotten. And it's no secret that if you watch the Miami Heat, uh, and Nunn, obviously, coming to the bubble late, having to get in shape, having to get in flow with the offense late because of uh, personal issues going into the bubble. And now he's finding his you know rhythm now. He's trying to sh show Spolster and organization, hey, maybe you should have been playing me. But like I said, it's hard to argue because Dragos is playing great. And like you said, that pick and roll action with him and Bam uh, has been working the entire bubble, the entire playoff. Um, and I will say early on in the game, AD was defending that very well, which, I mean, it's, it's no secret he should have been defensive player of the year. And that's why he was up for that. Uh, and, and AD was just all over the floor. So as much as, you know, the, the, the different people who can shoot the ball, for the Heat, and the Heat did not particularly shoot the three ball well. They missed a lot of open threes throughout the game. Uh, they didn't really start hitting them until late, late in the game, and in that early stretch in the game, they, they were definitely hitting threes as well. But uh, basically, the part where they just got ran by the Lakers, a lot of open shots that they were missing. I, I, you could chuck that up to nerves. You could chuck that up to lack of experience, youth. So I expect 
Spo to really settle his players down, especially those who are going to be available to play game two. And I think Pat Riley, who they talked about on the broadcast, had this similar situation of getting beat down in game one in the finals when he had magic in the Lakers when he was a coach back in the day. And they went on to win that final. So Riley's been in that experience. Spo has been in that experience on the other hand other side of things, which Bron alluded to in a press conference last night about how he remembers that Heat-Mavs series in the finals where they won game one, and then obviously you knew the rest of rest of the story where Dirk went crazy and the Mavs ended up winning that series. So, they you have two people, part of the brain trust in Miami who's been on both sides of it, who have been in this situation. Hopefully they can coach through it, work through it with these players, and we can see an improvement game two. And hopefully if you can get Bam back game two or possibly game three, we'll see a different Miami Heat team than we that, that they were shown in game one. Yeah, they're they're gonna have to they're they're really gonna have to get out of bio back. And I hate to say, you know, already after one game that my the Miami Heat are kinda in a in a winner winner go home situation, but I mean, you, it's LeBron James, it's Anthony Davis. It's the best teammate LeBron has ever had. It's one of the most dominant big men, if not the most dominant big man in the modern NBA. I mean, this is this is a matchup that you really do, like you said, need all your ducks in a row for. So, yeah, it's a must win. Yeah, you're absolutely right. This is a must win. Anytime you go against that duo in LA, it's a must win. They didn't get it done. Game one has some unfortunate breaks, but. Definitely game two, no matter who's available, it's a must win. You got you to gotta do something or at least find some things that work game two uh, and hopefully get some people back game three and see see where it goes from there. Yeah, absolutely. And for the Los Angeles Lakers, I mean, they shot an incredible 11 of 17 from the three-point line in the first half. Don't necessarily count on them to continue to do that, but the questions that we had about the guys like Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma, Caruso, Rajon Rondo – would they be able to hit those spot-up shots? They answered it in the first game with a resounding yes. I mean, they were on fire. KCP hit some really big shots for them in both corners to open up the game, and they really needed that three-point production, especially when LeBron was off of the court. Um, so Contavious! Credit to the credit to the Lakers, you know. I mean, KCP should probably clean up his his post and during game interviews. Uh, you know, I think that for a guy who's been in the league as long as he has, you think he'd be a little bit more articulate there. But hey, what do I know? KCP's hitting threes, so talk however you want, bro. Do what you do because it's working. So credit to the Los Angeles Lakers for that because offensively it was an absolute barrage. I mean, Anthony Davis for a guy who was pretty much non-existent in the rebound category at several times during this playoff run. He was he was dominant in the first game down low. I mean, he was really making a mess on offensive and defensive boards. Uh, he was forcing the Miami Heat into uncomfortable decisions, both trying to make him make a decision off of the pick and roll when they would drive to the hoop, um, boxing him out. He's putting constant and consistent pressure on the entire team because you got to throw a body on this guy. I mean, and, and like you said, you know, he, he's never been on this stage before, but he knows what it means. Uh, he knows who he's rolling with, and he doesn't know when he's going to get back there again, even though I think he knows he'll be back there very soon if LeBron James has anything to say about it. So he he has a lot to play for, and he played like it, and I love it. I mean, you know, this is a Wildcat, so I'm I'm, I'm loving anytime oh, I can see a Wildcat Lord. going after that Larry O'Brien, you know. So oh, Lord. It, it is what it is. But, yeah, I mean, defensively, the Lakers also did a good job last night, I thought, too. You know, they were switching when they should. They They weren't when they didn't need to. I said they were crashing the boards. They were closing out. They were doing the little things that you need to do to really close out and win a game. Unfortunately, they kind of fell asleep at the wheel there at the end, but that has kind of been the story of the Lakers throughout the entirety of this regular season. 
and in the bubble, uh, when they kind of get up big, they tend to just kind of let off the gas. It goes that way for a lot of teams. Unfortunately, Miami did not have the requisite personnel to really make them pay for it, but you kind of saw them bridge that gap there late in the game. So as far as the Lakers go, what were the what were your big takeaways from their performance outside of, of course, you know, AD having the most points, the third most points in a Lakers debut? Um, I believe the only two in front of him are Shaquille O'Neal and uh, what was that guy's name? Is it Wilt Chamberlain? Yeah, 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 Big Wilt, yeah. Um, Wilt Wolf is still uh, Mr. 100, uh, keeping it 100 always. Uh, but as far as the Lakers, the thing that really impressed me last night, you alluded to it, was it how they were on the defensive end. They were very stout on the defensive end. They weren't giving anything in the paint. And, and you expect that with the front court that the Lakers have, that you're, they're, they're, gonna, they're, trying to, they're trying to force you to shoot threes. And the thing was... They were guarding the three-point line very well last night as well. Now, like I, like I alluded to, the Heat were getting some open threes and missing. And I know that Vogel will probably look to that and say, hey, we can't do that next game. And I know AD alluded to the slow start, that, hey, we can't start slow. And I'm and obviously, for the, if you're a Lakers fan, you're glad that they rebounded the way they did and responded the way they did to have that huge flip in momentum and basically just not let, the, not let it go the rest of the game. So I was really impressed with... You know, just the the players outside of the you know the dynamic duo, uh, the reincarnation of Magic and Kareem. If you're look, if you're a Lakers fan looking at this team right now, and then the rest of the cast, um, as I jokingly said, is James Worthy put together. But they stepped up. They were hitting their open threes. Uh, they played with a lot of energy, a lot of effort. They were moving the ball, and they 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 played bully ball. They were they asserted their dominance on this Miami Heat team, and they kind of sunned them. They sunned them in the first game. They knew that, you know, Miami Heat are the underdogs and a bunch of people with chips on their shoulders, but the Lakers certainly proved that they have a chip on their shoulder as well. LeBron watching the finals from home last year. AD, this is his first NBA finals. You know, the White Howard redemption story. Uh, obviously, getting to an NBA finals for the, with the Magic and losing to the Lakers, and ironically, he's now in the Lakers uniform for his second stint, trying to get an, uh, an opportunity to win. Uh, Danny Green has won championships. Uh, Kentavious uh, KCP, uh, like, as you said, hit some big shots in that first half and played well as well. So it was just a great performance all around by the Lakers. Um, they shot well from the three-point line, which I said is you know, definitely an outlier. I, I don't see them shooting like that every game. But just if they can continue this defensive intensity that they did basically from the second quarter to the to the to the fourth quarter, and like you said, that they took the foot off the gas in the fourth quarter. But if they can continue that uh intensity throughout the rest of the series, it may be over a lot sooner than I predicted. And even with the injuries, it will probably be over a lot sooner than I predicted. But you gotta give your hats off. They came ready to play. And with some people this being their first finals performance, you could not tell yesterday because it really looked like LeBron really, as the leader, set the tone and got everybody ready as far as intensity and attention to detail and and giving effort. He had this Lakers team ready to go. So hats off to Vogel, hats off to the coaching staff, hats off to Brian, AD, and the entire uh, Lakers team. I know they're not satisfied with game one. And Lakers fans, you shouldn't be whooping and hollering yet. There's it's still a series. They're still going against a team in Miami with the championship pedigree that they have in their front office and their head coach who have won two rings. So it, it, it's, it's, it's not over yet. Uh, we'll see what happens game two. But 
it, it's hard. It's hard not to not to see this uh, series ending a lot sooner uh, when you see the performance that the Lakers had last night. Yeah, you know there were there have been a lot of questions about you know how how will the Lakers come out in Game One um, as LeBron tends to be a slow starter in series, and I think this series now more than ever he felt the the sense of urgency to really open this up and for them to set the tone because, as you said, Miami is a team who has left has lived at the free throw line, who has been tenacious, who has a strong defensive mentality, and we're going to try to dictate not only the pace of this game, but I think the tone of the series. And LeBron definitely did not want to have to dig himself out of that type of situation. And, I mean, we keep saying it. This is the best teammate he's ever had, and he knows it. You know, he, he knows it, and he's going to maximize that talent. And we saw Anthony Davis go absolutely bananas last night. So I expect that to continue. I really credit the Lakers for coming out with that defensive intensity and maintaining it. I mean, until, like I said, you know, kind of the end of the game. But we give them a pass. That was garbage time. You know, the game was all but over. So very, very impressive. And I, and I do look for that to continue because it looks like LeBron has all his guys locked in and focused, which he's definitely going to need going forward. Yeah. And I, and I just want to quickly throw in uh, Danny Green had a – plus 21 plus minus yesterday, only second to AD. And I know Danny Green has been getting dumped on this year and rightfully so, because he has disappeared in a lot of spells, but hats off to Danny Green played a, you know, fantastic game. Uh, uh, Markeith Morris had some, hit some big shots as well. So it was just, like I said, it was, a, it was an all around team performance for the Lakers. Uh, you just, I, I know as a, as a fan of the game, you wished, Everybody was available for the Heat, and then if they had this performance, uh, it will be a little bit of a more jubilant tone for me speaking as far as this game. But like I said, a win is a win, and ain't no asterisk next to an NBA title. So uh, continue, they've won game one. Uh, they're not satisfied, and I, I love how Braun alluded to, like I mentioned earlier in this podcast, about the, uh, the, the infamous Dallas series when he was in Miami, and I'm glad that he is – laser focused on trying to end this sooner rather than later because i know he needs to get home and uh have a conversation with Bronny. oh <laughs> well you better make sure Bronny is locked in and focused because it looks like he's his he might be a little hazy lately you know what i'm saying so hey, but that's all right there's <laughs> a reason why Bronny loved taco tuesday so much okay so that but we'll talk about that on a different episode man well lots of lots of games left Definitely don't expect Miami to go belly up. I know they're going to come out in game two and fight, so definitely pay attention to that. Looking forward to it. Game two going to be kicking off tomorrow evening, Friday evening, again on ABC. Uh, check it out wherever you can. We'll definitely be tuned in. We'll have another podcast coming for you, coming for you very soon uh, with our reactions to game two, uh, the rest of the bubble as it kind of comes to a close, and previewing what's ahead uh, for the NBA as far as the draft, free agency, and the beginning of the 2021 NBA season. But Brad, as always, man, I really appreciate you hopping on the pod. Tell the people what you got cooking up in the lab for hoop ball down there in the ATL and otherwise. So right now, cooking up down here in the ATL, um, I, I do want to say that I, I knew that it was Eastern time zone here, uh, but it was really hard. That was in the middle of the fourth quarter and it was 1130 here on the East Coast. But with that being said, uh, what I got cooking up down here in ATL, you know, I am the host of Hoopball Hawks right now. Uh, we're about seven episodes in. Uh, we release weekly every Monday. So if you're a huge fan of the Hawks, you love Trey Young, you love 
John Collins uh, or you just love J.R. Crickets and love, you know, just some, a little bit of comedy infused into your NBA analysis, check me out. Um, we're trying to do some great things. Uh, we've had a guest uh, on the show. We will continue to try to add some more guests to talk about Hawks basketball as it is a really bright future. They're the, the start um, of week two of their bubble mini camp and a lot of interesting headlines. So check out the podcast. Listen to some of the headlines, and maybe um, if you're looking for a team to bandwagon, if the Heat or the Lakers are not your team, to you know put your stock in the Hawks and put your stock in me as a host, and check out Hoop Ball Hawks. Uh, so with that, you know that's that's all we got going on. You know we just you know keeping it sunny down here. You know peace up, a town down. Well, that's something you haven't heard in a minute, but I expect to hear it much more often now that you are officially an AT alien. And we definitely are looking forward to everything that you're going to be putting out down there for Hoop Ball Hawks. So you heard the man. Tune in. Give his episodes a listen. And Brad, tell the people they can find you on social media real quick. Yeah, so you can follow us at Hoop Ball Hawks on Twitter. That is at Hoop Ball Hawks. You can follow myself at Brad Jarrett 67. That's Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T 67. Hit me up. Engage me, you know, if you have some questions about the Hawks and certain things that you want uh, mentioned on my podcast or on future podcasts, let me know because, you know, I am for the people just like Jalen Jacoby. And I know that David Bracey is for the people as well here on this program. So we want to we want to please you and inform you on what's going on in hoops uh, in the National Basketball Association. Absolutely. As always, we're here to entertain and educate and please never, never Bring us no hate, okay? Because we don't need it. We don't have time for that. Only congratulations and participations, okay? And we appreciate you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another edition of Box Score Breakdown. More reactions to come, more podcasts, more content, everything you need right here. One network. You heard it first. Hit us up, DFB underscore three on Twitter and Instagram. Brad, thank you so much for tuning in on another podcast with me, man. Everybody in the Hoopball universe, we'll talk to y'all very soon. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.